Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for September 23rd, 2021. It's Thursday. Welcome to the almost weekend. Congratulations. You are just about there, and chances are you're listening to this on Friday, so like you're even closer than I am right now, so that is awesome. Though, if I'm being completely honest, didn't do a ton of work today, kind of recovering from all the travel of the last week and a half. You know, as I mentioned before, I went to Nashville and for a vacation. And then the day after we got back from Nashville, I flew back out to Salt Lake City to go to the annual Plural Site Authors Conference. It wasn't very big this year. I've only been to one other one. I went to the one in 2019 and there was over 100 authors there. So it felt like a big event, right? I mean, not conference size, like Ignite or anything like that, but, you know, a big event for, for that. And this year it was 23 authors, <laughs> so a much, much smaller group of people that attended live, but they also had a virtual option. So there was a larger community that was watching the events. But like I said in my previous uh, yes, uh, podcast from Tuesday, uh, in person, I think was really if you could be there. And I know a lot of people couldn't, but if you could be there, it really was awesome. Now. One of the things that came up in the presentations and something that I'm mulling over is how to improve the learning and training experience for people out there. And I think I've landed on three important things that I need to focus on. And if you develop training stuff or you're looking to do some training on your own, here's the first thing that I want to point out. Sometimes people talk about having a particular learning style, whether they're visual or auditory or hands-on. The research that that stuff is based off of, the original research, is really not of super high quality. And it turns out that everybody learns in, from multiple different inputs. So very, in most cases, you learn best by engaging in one or more of those different mediums as opposed to just focusing on one. I think it was Veritasium did a whole episode on that on their YouTube channel. So definitely recommend checking that out. So with that in mind, knowing that most people who set out to learn something won't just learn from one particular way. So for instance, if I'm doing video training, that's largely visual and auditory. But some people learn by reading. So they're going to need something to read. Probably. And for me, I think that's probably the exercise files and then also the documentation for the product that we're talking about and, you know, blog posts that might be out there. So, okay, that's two mediums covered. Now, what else do you have? Well, you have the hands on components. And right now, the plural site courses out there don't have hands on labs tightly integrated into the courses. That's something that's going to be shifting dramatically in the very near future. Pluralsight made some acquisitions that gives them a lab environment that they can use, as well as some homegrown stuff that they've been working on. So now interactive labs can be more directly tied to modules in a course. So you can learn about something from lecture, watch a demonstration of that thing, and then go and do that thing in an environment. And that sort of reinforcement by consuming it in multiple ways really does help enhance retention of the information over the long term. So with that 
all all of that in mind, another interesting thing that I discovered is uh, somebody else gave a presentation about adding live video to your course. That means, you know, actually seeing me talking to you in the course as opposed to just seeing slides and engagements. That is the people paying attention to what's on the screen rose when live video was integrated into a course. Now that doesn't mean a hundred percent live video all the time. It simply means that some component of the video in the presentation is going to be a person talking to you as opposed to just looking at slides. And when I think about how I use my YouTube channel and try to communicate things there, most of the video, at least when I'm giving the demonstration and also talking about what's going to be in the video, that has me on screen. That does not have slides. I very seldom use any slides in my YouTube videos. And it's in part because I don't want to put the other slides for it, but it's also in part because I feel like I can get across the message by just throwing some lists up while I talk about things to help accentuate the thing I'm talking about, as well as you can see me during the demonstration making a face or whatever so I connect better while you're looking at the code that I'm working with. So with that all in mind, I think I'm going to make an effort in my next course to add some live video. Now, not a ton just a little bit, but enough that I start building up a rapport with those who are taking the course. And in that way, I think I can improve the experience. And the other thing I want to do is work with the lab, interactive lab team and make sure that my next course has a series of interactive labs that work as a companion to the course. So rather than having to download the exercise files, from GitHub, which I mean, I do provide that I provide all of my all of my courses that have the ability to have some code that you can run, I keep that on GitHub. So you can just clone the repository and run it yourself. But that presumes that you already have Git installed and that you have all of the prerequisites ready, whether that's an AWS account or an Azure account, or maybe some HashiCorp software or some Kubernetes related software, depending on what the topic is for the course. And sometimes that can be a heavy lift for someone who may not be at their main machine when they want to do this training. They might be on a corporate machine that doesn't allow them to install things. And that's where the interactive labs come in. They remove that barrier that stands in the way of you actually engaging with the content. It takes away the setup portion of things because you just click a button and it sets up an environment for you that has the necessary virtual machines, accounts, and software all pre-provisioned for you. Now, some of that already exists in Pluralsight. It just needs to be built out further. And that's actually something that I may be helping them with in the near future is using Terraform to build out some of their lab stuff uh, so that they can have a more interactive experience. And that doesn't mean that Pluralsight or any other learning site has to be the end all and be all of the way that you learn. When I was studying for my Kubernetes certification, which I still haven't got, at some point I'm going to have to get back to that, I studied through multiple ways. I did some hands-on labs. I watched videos on Pluralsight. I read at least two books about Kubernetes and then just gained some general real-world experience by working with it for a startup. So all of that meshed together to learning it fairly well. Now, not well enough to pass the certification exam, unfortunately, but that also had a lot to do with my level of comfort with Linux 
<laughs> and the fact that it is a pure Linux environment, it still feels like a second language to me. It's still something that I struggle with. So I guess my point is, as I look forward to creating new learning resources for Pluralsight and also improving and enhancing the content that's in my YouTube videos, I came away with some key points from the Author Summit that I can apply. One of them is slides can serve a purpose, but sometimes it's better to just talk directly to the audience, especially when you want to accentuate a point or break up the monotony. So that's definitely a key takeaway for me. Another one is providing an interactive experience that requires very low setup from the user. That's something that's gonna be very difficult for me to do on my own with my YouTube videos, but it should be relatively straightforward for Pluralsight because they already have a platform they're building for that specifically. And lastly, I guess the, the other thing that I, I helped lead an open discussion about was how I can better improve, uh, how I can craft more interesting or compelling and engaging slides. And I did get a bunch of really good feedback about that, especially around animations, morphs, keeping things moving, not using bullets, but using some other alternative thing that's not a list of bulleted text. And I do try to avoid that, but you know, every once in a while, it just feels like the natural thing to do. So expect to see some interesting improvements in my courses and my YouTube channel moving forward. And I think I need to do a little more blogging as well, because that is a medium that I think I have I have let go to the wayside while I focused on all the audio and video stuff. So that's my thoughts for today. Hopefully that's of interest to you as you map out your learning career. And um, that's going to do it. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay healthy, stay safe out there. Bye for now.